Welcome to The Mortgage Life, a space for down-to-earth conversations about how mortgages contribute to your life. Well, that sounds canned and maybe a little boring. What? There are so many parts to the mortgage industry and real estate finance we can explore and share with our listeners. Okay, you're right. You're right, Mindy. Our goal is to help secure our clients' financial future. I'm Pete Salamosi. I'm Mindy Bodwin. And I'm Sue Salamosi. We're your hosts. Welcome to The Mortgage Life. So chattel mortgages, let's talk about chattel mortgages today. This is, it's an interesting topic because it's not something that we come across very often as mortgage brokers anymore. So let's start off today by talking about the definition of a chattel mortgage. It is a loan for a manufactured home or other movable piece of personal property, such as machinery or a vehicle. Right. So a chattel mortgage really for the purposes of our kind of world of mortgages, really it pertains to things like mobile homes. So the reason that we have to break those out is because lenders treat them very differently because they're considered more of a movable thing than a piece of uh, an improvement, usually they call them improvements, that are affixed to the land. So it's a different risk, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's no longer considered real estate because it's not affixed to the land. The land is the real estate component. If it's a fixed real estate, if it's not, it's chattel. So as mortgage brokers, we don't see these mortgages these mortgages as often because it's a different type of risk. When I first started as a mortgage broker back in 2007, we had a few more lenders than we do now that that would lend in, on mobile homes, mobile homes in parks, uh, mobile homes on leased land. It's all a very interesting topic. And as our world evolves and as our considerations for what is a mortgage and, and how mortgages work, this is kind of a very niche market. Yeah. It's becoming more and more niche, which has been slightly unfortunate because it's one of the more affordable options for getting into the real estate market. So, you know, folks taking the time, saving up their down payment, shopping, getting priced out of the market with those giant price increases we've seen in the past couple of years, starting to look towards a mobile home market, you know, call us up thinking that it's a standard procedure, just like any other mortgage. And then of course, we've got more hurdles to go through with these. It's just underwritten a different way and looked at as a different entity. So what is a mobile home? There's a definition for that as well. So a mobile home, is or a, a mobile sometimes i i always i, I kind of refer to them as trailers as well because they do kind of hitch up to a truck but anyway a mobile home is a single dwelling designed and constructed to be transported on its own chassis and capable of being moved to a new location on short notice interesting so movable movable it's movable like the, yeah. yeah and then there's other definitions that people kind of throw around with the mobile home it's Sometimes you hear the word manufactured or modular home. Right. Or even prefab, prefabricated. So those, so a modular manufactured or prefabricated home, like built prior to being brought to the land. So they are partially or fully constructed in an offsite factory, moved to the site where they're going to be eventually staying. And then they are typically affixed to the land. So when it comes to those modulars, manufactured prefab structures, 
like Mindy says, they will typically be moved onto that site. And oftentimes they're composed of multiple parts. So those parts will be put onto either concrete foundation, like a traditional stick-built home, or they'll be put onto some other form of a, a foundation and then arranged in such a fashion that the home is complete. So they, it's more like, I guess to me, it's more like following the instructions on Lego. You kind of have a whole bunch of parts and pieces, you put them together, and then it's affixed to the land. Whereas what we're talking about with chattel mortgages and those mobile homes is that they are just one unit on a chassis with wheels that gets moved onto that pad, typically. And what happens if you saw off the trailer hitch? <laughs> it's still a mobile home. <laughs> we get this question. I think it has to do with the registration in the mobile home registry. We say, I think. <laughs> but it's true. That's an, another factor is mobile homes do have to be registered. Okay. So now that we know what a mobile home is, where do we find them? So typically you'll find mobile homes in mobile home parks. And those mobile home parks are places where a person would essentially place that mobile home. So they'll park it there. And typically the mobile home owner will actually pay a pad rent. So they'll rent that space on which you're placing the mobile. So the actual park could be on regular city land. It could be owned by a private individual that rents it out, or it could be on, oftentimes we see these on native or indigenous lease land. So uh, it could be any one of those things. And so the question becomes, well, what's the benefit to this? If you're buying this, you know, movable, essentially trailer and putting it on land that you don't own and you're paying rent, because typically when people are talking about home ownership, they're contrasting it between do I rent or do I buy? So why would people look into this? Like, what are the benefits to mobile home ownership? Potentially less expensive. Your barrier, that down payment barrier, the cost barrier is drastically reduced in some cases. I, I think that on that, that less expensive bit, we see a less expensive purchase price and we equate that to it being less expensive. So that's kind of where the original thought comes from. And like Sue said, there is a, a smaller down payment required because of that. Some of the other benefits could be that you're finding a community that's a smaller community. It could be a nice tightly knit community. That could be a, a big benefit to some people. And sometimes that pad rent, so the, the rent that you'd pay to have your mobile on that particular piece of land, it would include some sort of maintenance. So it might include the maintenance for snow removal or grass cutting or things like that, maybe even garbage almost like a strata. But I should say this, this kind of removes that less expensive piece, right? Because then you've got pad rent to pay on top of your mortgage payment. And so that brings the price point back up a little right. bit. Some I've seen some pad rents being $600 plus or more depending. Yeah. yeah depending on your part, which is actually that brings us to the drawbacks. So I think we've, we've kind of chatted a little bit. These are the benefits that we typically see, but what are some of the drawbacks? One of the pieces that I keep coming back to is that you actually don't own the land. If you're in some sort of a park that's on lease land, or even if it's owned, that owner of that land can change those lease rates. You know, so once you get to that point, you can't just kind of up and move your vehicle down the street to a new place. So those costs would be attributed back to you. Um, so something to consider, something to look at is what would be the, the length of term that that pad rent would be guaranteed for. It's interesting too, if you're 
you own this mobile home sitting on a pad. And as we described earlier, the mobile home would typically come on a chassis like a vehicle. If you look at the mobile home as a vehicle, it's a depreciating asset. It's it's technically, I guess, losing value. That's a good point. So the mobile home is losing value and the, the rental cost is going up. So we're kind of moving in opposite directions there, none of which is, you know, super beneficial unless, of course, you want to then sell it or refinance it. And what happens then? Well, the the issue with mobile homes and chattel mortgages is that typically a lot of these have to be insured by CMHC. That process of insuring it means that it has to be a purchase only. You cannot refinance insured mortgages. Therefore, once you have one of these mobile homes, there is no redoing that mortgage. That's the mortgage you're going to have, or that's the, the chattel mortgage that you're going to have for that life, the life of that mortgage. I'm just soaking that in for a minute. This really interesting aspect is, you know, we've had people come to us with their mobile homes. Like, I want to refinance. I want to pull out my equity. But you can't. You can't insure on a refinance. So then those people say, well, I want to sell my mobile home then because, you know, I've had a life change and I need to access some equity. And then what happens is there's a, regardless, there's a limited lending pool, meaning not as many lenders will lend shadow mortgages as, as other types of mortgages. And there's constantly changing policies, of course, as there is with anything. For example, so I started as a broker 12 years ago. I could do a chattel mortgage in the Yukon through the broker channel. Can't do that now. And it's becoming increasingly difficult to do that even in British Columbia. So say you're in this position where you, you call up your broker, you want to refinance. Well, sorry, we can't do that. Okay, well, I'm just going to sell my mo mobile then. Well, the person that's trying to buy your mobile is going to have a harder time finding a lender to get that mobile home. So it, it is a, a bit of a risky purchase decision. I've seen a number of people with that, with that exact challenge. And we see it across, I mean, even outside of channel mortgages, it's something to consider when you're purchasing is how easy is this going to be to resell. If you're having a challenge getting into the property, finding financing, you know, jumping through hoops to try to get this property, what's it going to be like for the next person who wants to mortgage it or purchase it? That's right. I want to go back to one thing you mentioned about how these mobile homes, they can be depreciating assets. Um, there's been a lot of changes in the way that these mobiles are built over time. And the reason I want to get into that is because the the level of the construction was different in the 1970s and the 1980s than it was in the 1990s and, and beyond. And a lot of times that construction needs to be updated because these mobiles have kind of become less to standard. They're, they're actually not to standard. So they, they may require that the electrical be completely updated. They may require that the plumbing and the insulation and the roofing be all updated. And those things affect the economic life of that particular mobile. And I'm mentioning economic life because whenever a person gets one of these chattel mortgages on a mobile, the economic life is looked at on an appraisal and the amortization, so the length of time that you can pay off this loan is based on that amortization, typically less five years. So if your mobile has an, a remaining economic life of 15 years, you'd be able to have an amortization of 10 years and that affects your payment. Because typically most regular mortgages on freestanding homes, you could amortize them up to 25 or sometimes even 30 years. And so the payment becomes much higher. Even though the purchase price is lower, you may actually end up with a higher monthly payment 
because of that lower amortization. And just going back to the to the age of the mobile home, Pete, uh, just recently we had one that we had sent into lenders to see if they would lend on. In this case, it was affixed to the ground. So that was CMHC wouldn't touch it and the lenders wouldn't touch it because they wanted CMHC involved. It was also too old. And that was just, sorry, this mobile home is too old for us. We will not lend on it. And it was, I don't know, I think it was in the built in the 80s maybe. Yep. You know, which doesn't seem too old because you look at a single detached house. I mean, there are some of them built in 1910, you know, right. but again, that's a contrasting point. You between guys, yeah, yes. I was born in the 80s. Does that make <laughs> me too old? <laughs> Can't get a chattel mortgage on you. Yeah. You're making a, 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 an interesting point, Mindy. Something that we didn't say earlier, we talked about mobile homes and parks, but there are mobile homes that are on their own land. So you would technically purchase the land with a mobile home on it. We do have a little bit more flexibility in those cases, but the home itself still remains a depreciating asset. There's potentially a registration number if it still needs to be registered in the mobile home registry. And like you said, if it's too old, like born in the 1980s, <laughs> then we we'll probably may have a problem. Right. It, we may only be able to value the land in that case. The mobile may actually contribute nothing to the purchase price. So you may have to come up with a, a fairly, well, a higher down payment than you normally would if you were valuing the building as well. So lots to think about. This is a lot of mortgage broker talk. I really hope that we broke that down into understandable <laughs> terms. We talk about we're talking about chattel mortgages. Chattel mortgages being a mortgage on a movable piece of property. Yeah. And there are a lot of complicated and interesting, what's the word I'm looking for? Interesting tidbits about this part of the market. We don't see it too often as mortgage brokers because we don't have a ton of access to lenders that will lend on them, but it's possible. When people talk about these, these parks, one of the other things that might come up is RVs. Because RVs are kind of like chattels. They're big. You can live in them. You typically have a resort where you park it. So I guess my question is, can we get a chattel mortgage on an RV? My answer would be no, unfortunately, because it's not a registered mobile home. Right. <laughs> you know, again, it's there's very specific criteria for this. And it's one of those scenarios where when I do have a client shopping uh, for this type of home, I always say, please send me the MLS listing. And then I take that MLS listing and I send it to various lenders or to CMHC because every case does seem to be a bit unique. Mm -hmm. And in loans like these ones, like if you're going to get a loan on an RV, it is possible. Banks mm -hmm. do it at branch level, or there might be financing through an, an RV retail right. place. <laughs> what what yeah. do they call that? A retailer? Sure. A dealer. <laughs> it won't be called a mortgage. Right. Correct. It's yeah. like a vehicle loan. Yeah. We didn't really approach the topic of leased land. I think that would deserve like an entire mortgage series on its own. I'm just going through some updated education in the broker uh, relicensing courses. We've got some regulatory updates and talking a lot about leased land and how each First Nation is unique. They all have their own policies and procedures, registration, the way that they register mortgages and ownership and all of that stuff. Left that topic separate from this chattel mortgage episode. But back to chattel mortgages. Like 50% of my business when I was a brand new broker was chattel mortgages, mortgages on mobile homes in parks on their own land. And uh, it was a very 
interesting adventure that first year as a broker. I learned a lot. So in this case, don't judge a book by its cover. Don't judge the property by its purchase price. Take a look at the entire amount of the expenses related to that property, and then make a comparison with like properties on freehold land. And always keep your exit strategy front of mind. Love it. That's a good way to end. Cue the outro. This is The Mortgage Life. We look forward to continuing the conversation. So come back and listen. Listen.